You're listening to the Understarters Orders Racing Podcast. Expert racing analysis from both sides of the Irish Sea. So stay tuned for the best insights and opinions on the weekend's racing here on the Understarters Orders Podcast. Right, good evening everyone and welcome to the Understarters Orders podcast. It is Thursday, it's not Thursday, used to saying that, it is Wednesday the 23rd of December and this is our first podcast for the 26th of December which is Boxing Day which covers over the, one of the Christmas period uh, podcasts that we're going to do and we're going to be kicking things off with uh, the Kempton card. We've got three races to look at on the Kempton card and I'm joined here today by Andrew Cummins. Hello Andrew. Hi, Chris. Hi, lads. How are you? Good evening. Thanks very much, mate. And we're joined by Declan, who's just overcome his session. Good evening, gents. Nursing a hangover there. I can can just hear that hangover still there. Um, (laughs) And Stephen's joining us. Hello, Stephen Edwards. Everything, guys. And we're seeing the year out, all four of us together, which is great. Uh, We've also got another one coming up just after Christmas, uh, which will be a good listen as well. Well, let's kick things off with this Kempton car. We're going to start with the Cortal Star Novices Chase. Um, it's a grade one over three miles. Um, well, it's a very competitive affair, you can see here. We've got Shamblin at the top of the market, 74, two to one in places. The big breakaway of the cat fits. Emrillo, who looked quite impressive last time. Then we're down to Kaluke, one for the team. And Golden Fortune is the outsider here. I mean, Shamblu was very impressive when back, landing both those novice races at Weatherby. His jumping was flawless and looked a complete all-round chaser. He's really yet to be tested by these decent opposition, which he's probably going to get this 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 box in there. Um, Emrilo looks the dark horse in the field for me. He was on and off the bridle at Exeter when he was beating Darlac, and that form's been frank when Darlac came out and won next time. He jumped perfectly, and he looks an improver to note. The big breakaways, beating the odds on last time. But, you know, ball plans no slouch. His Cheltenham victory looks piss poor in context of this, really. And if the cat fits, beat old Santa Claus on the roof, who we were going to kick off the show talking about, because that thing just needs to be retired, probably, doesn't it? Do you agree with that, Declan? <laughs> I think it's probably time, yeah. Ah, that's harsh, that's harsh. Well, what do you think about this first race, Declan, this uh, caught on average to start? Um, yeah, look, this race... There's been some bad jumpers in this race over the years, and I don't know whether it's it's because of the pace they go at. You know, Kenton's not always the, the most difficult to jump around, but um, these novices do do struggle every year, and it's probably down to the, you know, it, it might be their first time going that quick. But Sean Blue has looked electric, and uh, he's been really, really good. And whilst he hasn't beaten a whole lot, it's just the way he, he's gone about his business. Um, so I think he'll have, I think he'll have no problem. I think he's a great bet. Um, but I, I know some of you think the same. Uh, I've been following him for a long time, but I've been really, really impressed with him. And I'm, I'm really struggling to find something who, who's going to put it up to him here. Like the big breakaway, you know, it's hard to see this car suiting. It's it don't, you know, I, I don't know. Do trainers just run horses? in these races for the sake of it is a tradition because it doesn't it's not screaming like it's the race for him um, if, if the cap fits he was beating that short odds at Sandown and um, he has beaten 
filler on the roof, but as we've found out since then, that, that form doesn't really mean an awful lot. Look, we've, we've probably been hard on that horse as well. Um, he's, just, he's just not top class, and, and that's it really, you know, there was too much expected of him. And Rillo is a bit of an unknown, um, still quite unexposed and unproven. So he's, he's, you know, he could well be the danger. Uh, one for the team is yet to win over fences and, and may want a stiffer test than this. And, you know, probably further. I don't know what that says about him if you want further than, than three miles at this stage in your career. Um, but, uh, yeah, again, can't, can't see this really suiting. Um, Kaluki. Jumping has to improve there. Um, but if the jumping did improve and he was able to put in a flawless round, he, he could put himself into the mix. But, you know, would you, would you be confident of backing him? Um, the way he's jumped so far, um, I couldn't. And I just think, um, look, it's a novice chase. But it's as much as penalty kick, I think you're going to find in a novice chase. So I think Chamblou wins this, wins this well. Yeah, I think he could be the best three-mile novice chaser over here in England, I would say. Wouldn't you agree with that, Steve? Yeah, well, I know, I know like, obviously, Deck just said, and I know I'm not going to... Andy's got quite a bit to say on the favourite, but he obviously appreciated uh, seeing a fence, you know, because obviously over hurdles, he, he was quite a bit behind the big breakaway uh, in the Ballymore last season, so he obviously seems to have found his, found his game... The big breakaway, again, like Dex said, he's, he's a typical Tizard horse. You know, he's, a, he's a big galloping, sort of chasing type. I was quite impressed at Sheldon. I know he had a bit of a funny, going down the back, he sort of had a little moment, didn't he, where he went, lost, lost the plot for about 10 seconds. But I feel like he was going easy even when, um, I think it was uh, the O'Neill the horse uh, fell. The, sorry, the McNeil horse fell. But um, is Kempton going to be his capacity? I'm not so sure. I'm still I'm I'm still quite sweet on him for the uh for the RSA when he when he gets three miles around Cheltenham, but Kemp's is probably gonna be a little bit tight for him. And Rilo, he's been more like workman workman like type, and I think seven to one for him is probably more reflective of the fact he's a nickel's horse. I wouldn't be too keen to be on him myself personally. Uh, as for Kaluki, I was quite like he, he did make a couple of errors late in the race behind next next destination at uh, Newbury, but I think on the whole, he looked quite slick and he, he showed a good cruising speed. I think 12 to 1, he probably could he could be a little bit of a surprise in the race. I don't think he'll win the race, but I wouldn't be surprised if he run well for a long way. But um, if the cap fits, I know he brings he brings the top uh, level grade one hurdle form to the to the field. And obviously, he uh, he beat Fiddler on the roof, but I think we've all been a bit disappointed with him this year, you know. But... Um, I'm gonna sort of. Go, I'm gonna. Go, I'm gonna follow the lads of this. So it's gonna be a watching break for me. I won't be back in the favourite seven to four, but I'm. I'm more than happy to t uh, go with their judgment on this, on this thing. You know. Thanks, Steve. Um, Andy, wax lyrical. Go on, off you go. Yeah, Chris, I I fully agree with the lads as well. I th I think we're gonna see something pretty special here. Um, I camped it on on Boxing Day. This Chamblou, he jumps as good as any novice I've, I've really seen for the trip. I, I'm not going to compare him to two-mile chasers because that's a whole different kettle of fish, but he's just, he was so foot-perfect at Weatherby both times. He didn't really beat a whole lot, but he beat them in such a easy manner, uh, giving away so much weight. Um, and, you know, he, he, was written, he was written colder than a lizard in the Antarctic in the Ballymore. Like this, he he was so far out the back that 
it made me think when I, cause I actually backed him in the race each way for four or five places. And like, he was just ridden so far out the back that maybe connections were owing a handicap at Aintree at the time. Obviously nobody knew that the Hulk season was going to be canned shortly after Cheltenham. Um, and we may have just not seen the best of them. And we're seeing a much, much improved horse for fences this year. I think we would have seen a bit of improvement in Chamblou in the spring over hurdles last year. And for that reason, he's probably came in here a good bit under the radar. And the big breakaway, uh, Declan hit the nail on the head that this just isn't his race. Um, he's going to be, they're going to be jumping the fourth last and he's going to be getting scrubbed along. You can just see that. Um, Kaluki and one for the team, they bring the Newbury form in behind Next Destination. Um, I'd be happy to watch them for the moment um, as Kaluki did make errors late on and he did so in his win as well. Um, I think if the Cap Fitz is the one that's going to follow Shan Blue home, and the reason I say that is because he's going to get the trip really, really well. Um, he was easily the best hurdler out of these because he had the most time over hurdles. Um, and, you know, he was beaten by a really, really good horse in Pym and you know, he's circumstantially a good horse, Pim. He needs a lead and he needs a small field. And he got that against if the cap fits and he made him pay. Um, I think if they met in a bigger field and Pim didn't get it in his own, it didn't get his own way in front, uh, if the cap fits beats him every day of the week. And um, so I do think he's a little bit underappreciated here, but I wouldn't be getting involved a four or five to one because I think Chamblou could really be the real deal. Um, he's, he could even be the best two and a half mile novice chaser in in, the, in England. I don't even think he could be the best three miler. And um, that's how good I think he is. That's how good I think he jumps. I think he went to three miles a little bit quicker than we would have thought because of maybe Protectorat in the yard as well with with Dan Skelton. You have to remember that Dan Skelton does have Protectorat, and maybe he wanted to keep them apart. And you know, he even also has all mankind. Like he's he's a set of three really really top novices there, Dan Skelton. And I think Shan Blue is one of the bets of the of the Christmas period, in my opinion. He he, I think he's just going to win this, and I think we're going to see something really, really special. Um, and the twenty fives for the RSA is is a nice bet as well, seeing as he's favoured here, and the big breakaway who is twelve to one for the RSA, even though he's a bigger price here, um, it just doesn't make sense to me. And um, yeah, so I, I'd be really all over Shan Blue here, Chris. I think he's he's going to win this. Shamblu for Andy, Shamblu for myself. Declan, Shamblu for you. Shamblu, yeah. Stephen, are you joining the Shamblu bandwagon? I'm going to jump on the bandwagon, yeah. Well, let's, well that sounds like nap material. So that's the, the first one there in the whatever we want to put it in. Let's see how many we get at the end, but there's the first one, Shamblu. We right. can all switch it off now, can we? We, we, <laughs> we all, that's it. Everybody can just turn off the podcast from here. It only goes downhill, probably. We all disagree <laughs> with each other. <laughs> Somebody must be listening live somewhere. Well, we should be able to get two out of two here in this next race, actually, with this. Uh, the Labrooks Christmas Hurdle here, which is a two-miler at Kempton, the 225. And we see a very short price favourite here in Epitant. Epitant looks to bolster his reputation and should do so in this field, don't you think, Stephen? Yeah, I don't think we need to spend much time on this. If, if she's well and she, she gets around, she, she probably should win. We've got the five runners, obviously, each way punters will be hoping there's no, nothing pulled out. But we've got the two old, uh, they're bomb proof, aren't they? Silver Streak and Bally Andy. I wouldn't. You could probably toss a coin which one of them they're probably both going to run their race, but I, I wouldn't put anyone off backing Floressa each way for the forecast. You know, she um, 
She won that nice listed handicap at uh, Newbury last time. I thought she went off far too quickly and I thought she was going to get swallowed up and uh, she actually held on and found plenty for pressure, you know. Um, there were some good yardsticks behind that. Milkwood, Botox has, you know, it wasn't a, it was a good handicap. Um, but it's all about Epitome. They'll be wanting to get, get over in one piece and uh, she'll probably go odds on about half two once she's been a champion. Yeah, I agree with that. Declan, do you share the same feelings about this? Yeah, exactly. I I think Floressa could follow the favourite home. Um, look, Epitant is good. Um, she's really good. But come on, show something that you know. Where are all the hoarders gone? Um, it's it's a poor race, isn't it? Bally yeah. Andy, Bally Andy, Silver Street. Like Diego de Chamel is entered in this and entered in chases. You know, this is this is a a, a grade one hurdle. You know, it's just it's 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 really really poor. Um, Silver Street, Diego Schmerl and Baliandi are, are quite exposed. Um, Floresa is improving, and and uh, yeah, it could be the mayor's one and two. I probably might might do the forecast actually. Thanks for that, Declan. Andy. Yeah, the only thing that would make me interested in this race is if Epitant was running off levels. Um. Then I might actually watch it. It would actually be entertaining then because she could she'd probably beat these off levels. Um, and she's getting seven pounds. You know, it's just it's a, ha- a handicapper, a chaser, a grade two horse, and a mare against the champion hurdler. Um, forget about it. It's it's barely worth talking about. It's no disrespect to Epitan. She she she's she's fantastic. She's a really really good mare. Yeah. Um, you know she's it's not her fault. There's nothing to come up against her. Um, so. You know, she's got to come up, come around here, strutter stuff, um, ridiculously go odds on for the champion hurdle, uh, even though she's one to four and she's expected to win. And if she did, wasn't running, she'd be the same price. Um, you know, there's very little to talk about here. Um, just hopefully she gets around safely and, um, yeah, we can move on. Well, it's a closed book there for that one. Um, Epitant should really do the business there. Right, let's move on then. Probably the big race of, of the Christmas period in England, uh, in England anyway, is the King George, which is the next one we're going to come to, which is the three o'clock, three mile chase, grade one. Uh, really, do we see this being the battle of the Paul Nichols per Clan de Zobo and surname? Santini was declared the other day, lost in translation here for Colin Tizard, who's always looked a bit of a bridal merchant for myself. Um, surname came back to form and a lot of people were doubting him last time. Do you see why they were doubting him, maybe, Stephen? I do see, yeah, because you see sometimes you watch these championship races. I think that's why I have so much admiration when you get a Gold Cup winner, come back and do it again. You know, like, obviously, best mate, Albin Faro, and also at Native River, they come back and they sort of... A lot of horses can be broken by some of these races. And I know that surname a lot of... I think after the Altior race last year, I know Altior, a lot of people said that, was, that could be game over for him. And... Surname ran at Kempston. I think we thought he was a broken horse, but you can't argue. Obviously, Nichols got to take a lot of credit, but we was all against him at Weatherby, wasn't we? It's, it was crazy short, seven to four for a horse that we was told couldn't uh, couldn't go left-handed. You know, my problem with that race was he travelled well, he jumped well, he cruised all the way round. I, I just, I still wonder. I don't think Vindication's top top level, and my my argument is. 
he was two or three lengths clear to uh, three out. I don't think he pulled away. I still think stamina is a bit of an issue for him. I don't know what the boys think of that. Like, if, in, if you're in your own in your own cruising element where there's no pressure, you sort of got away with it a little bit. See, obviously, I'm on I'm on Clanders over anyway, but I'm sort of worried now by. We all take the piss out of Santini, don't we? But he's a great one also. He won round Aintree, didn't he, as a hurdler? Um, I'm trying to think of the bloody horse he beat. Um, someone get me out of trouble here. Uh, well, he beat, last, beat he him beat last time. Up. Then he's beat Albert, he beat Album Four. He came second to Album Four. So, yeah, uh, yeah, but he bombs out over hurdles, Chris. He beat Roxana over three yeah. in a hurdle. That's so, like the grade one at entry, yeah. Yeah, that was a race story. But he looks a bit cumbersome, doesn't he? But the form is all there for him. And I think where we've had so much rain down south, if he if if was there, if he was there turning in, I'd be really worried about him outstaying everything else. I still don't, I still don't think he'd win, but I'm just, it's a, that's my uh, sort of hunch on the race if he's there. The one I will be backing, as well as Clanders, I will be waiting patiently. Um, this horse's his career seems to be littered by injuries, or whether they've co- covered him in too much cotton wool instead of just sort of getting on with the job. I'm not too sure, but he was a, around a three or four to one shot a couple of years ago in this race when Clanders Obo won his first. He was un he was unseated by a hampered horse that day. If you go back to last year as well, he was he was third in a single creek where another hundred jars he probably would have won the race. Stamina is obviously going to be the issue whether he's going to get the extra two or three furlongs because. He's one over two and a half, two five. Um, if he if he's in good nick, I think he's I think he should be a lot shorter. I wouldn't be surprised if one of the one of the racing post tipsters went through me as as a bit of value. Yeah, I, I know that the uh, the comments that Ruth has said that they, they've, they've taken him away for a little bit, and Brian Hughes has been quite happy with his schooling of late and the feeling that he's you know as good as form as he was two years ago. So you've got a lot of you've got to take a lot of it on hope, haven't you, that he has come back the way that he was because he was such a striking horse two years ago. And Exactly. When you get one of these yards where they've only got one sort of superstar, you sort of feel maybe they are a bit overly cautious with it, you know? Yeah, you, you have to um, protect them, don't you? Yeah, exactly. And Andy's probably going to touch on St. Calvados. He's probably quite unlucky not to beat Min last year in the Ryanair, so 20-1. There's, there's plenty of dangers to these two. Lost in translation, I can't have. He ran awfully in this race last year, and he just the way he finished at Haydock, you know, there's surely something amiss. Even though he did fight back at Cheltenham to run a really good race in the Gold Cup. Yeah, Gold Cup was probably a slow pace, like because Real still looked like he was going to win swinging in. He can't be the last on the absolute on the bridle, wasn't he? But um, Frodo, <laughs> I let Declan talk about that. Um, he loves Bryony Frost. Black <laughs> up, black up. Probably there trying to pick up some uh, thingy, but. Uh, I'm hoping Clanders over does the thing. Obviously, for financial reasons, but I'm I'm a little bit worried about Santini. I won't be backing Santini, but I will be having a saver and waiting patiently. Thanks for that, Steve. Right. Well, let's move on to you, Declan. Are you on in the Brownie Fox camp that you love <laughs> so much? I I'm not surprisingly enough. Uh, look, it, it's an awful pity you lads weren't able to behave yourselves the last few weeks and and keep the number of cases down. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to see Manali in here because he's sort of he would have been the unknown and really experienced running and loves a, a grade one chases. I, I think he'd be loving it. He'd be loving this race and it, w- it would have been great to watch. 
Nanda's always arguably the best three mile chaser in Britain and Ireland, and he's going to be very, very tough to beat here. He's one two of them, and it is that sort of race. When you get it, you get it well, you know. Like Sirenam, he still has to prove himself. Klandazovo absolutely slapped him around here last year, and I don't buy tough race at Alaska. I don't buy it at all. And um, he cruised around. He was the horse with the, you know, who got the trip that day. He was never in danger. I don't think it was a hard race. Altior had a hard race trying to stay. And um, I just think Sirenam's a spoofer. He's just, he's one of those horses. Like he, he'll be up lesser horses, but. I, they sort of touched on it there. He's going to be going championship pace here against proper championship horses, and he's not going to enjoy himself. And I think he'd be battled around here again. Um, I know he was second last year, but he was mile second. Um, Santini, the entry is a head scratcher. Um, oh, his stamina could be burnt out, torn up for home. Um, I, I, I know Steve said there he won that. At Aintree, but Aintree suits big gallopers as well. This track doesn't. Um, it's tight, you know, they're tight bends. It, like, he, he might run out here. I don't know how he's going to go around the bends. Um, I just, obviously, there, there's, there's, they can't come to Ireland. He's probably won a, um, with a run in, in Leopardstown. I, but still, there has to be something else. I, I, I don't understand. Maybe it's the tradition thing again. Um, but I, I can't I can't see him enjoying this at all. Uh, Lost in translation. I went back to this stable farm that's going on as long as COVID now. Um, it sort of kicked in the same time and it's 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 getting worse. Pulled up last year, beating outside a Haydock. Can't can't see him. Can't see him being in the mix. Seven to one. Awful value. Um I got my fingers born for saying that a few weeks ago, but you know, unless there's a, a dramatic improvement, um, he like he, he ran a cracker in the Gold Cup, but he was pulled up in this, ran no race the last day, stable out farm. Uh, that has to be bad value that seven to one. Real Steel is is talented, very talented, but very inconsistent. On a going day, he could put himself into the mix here. I would be surprised. I think Klandazovo has to have an off day if he was to be beaten by the likes of Real Steel. But, you know, he did run he did run well for a, a long way at Cheltenham in the Gold Cup. And, you know, he could definitely put himself in the mix. And the other one I think is, is going to be in the mix is, is St. Calvados. Uh, it is a seasonal reappearance, which, you know, um, you'd have to have a think about that. But I think that the step up and, and particularly the step up here is going to suit him. He was narrowly beat in, in the Ryanair. And yeah, I, I think he's I think that that's a good price still. He's you can get twenty-five to one. Um I thought he'd be a lot shorter now after he was declared. But I, I think that's I think that's a good each way bet. Um waiting patiently has never completed a race over three miles, but I think the only time I'm probably being harsh, the only time he's tried was in the King George and he unseated. But I don't know. I, I'd say his time has passed now. Um, he's getting on and he's he's one of those that, you know, what, what could have been. He's had the injuries and, again, I can't see him. Can't see him being good enough to beat Clando Zobo and maybe a, a couple of others. He could run a good race. 
Brodon is is admirable, um, but he shouldn't be good enough. Like we spoke about it before, when he steps up into this class of race, he's he's very vulnerable, uh, and he's just not he's not top class, but he he must be a joy to own. He he is um he he's, he's a very good horse. Black off is is one from seven of offences. Can't can't have that. Can't have that. Look, I I actually think I think Landers are both Saint Cavalos and Real Steel would be the first three home. Bull shot there, Declan. Um, Andrew. <laughs> Declan's literally just taking my notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, look, the lads have covered it um really really well. Um, I'm not gonna beat the crap out of surname any more than the lads really have because I'd just be saying the same thing. Um, Clandis Oboe is absolutely the right favourite. Um, you know, he's, he's coming back for a third win in the race, which is impressive in its own right before the tapes even go up in relation to this race. Um, look, I'm going to talk a little bit about Real Steel um, and San Calvados, obviously. Um, but with Real Steel, it, it, I think it's really important to, to know that he might be labelled as inconsistent, which is fair enough. Um, but all his really kind of putrid form has came on very, very testing ground. And if you've seen Real Steel, you'd know he's not the biggest horse in the world. Um, and I think for that reason, he just really, really, really struggles with tough conditions and soft to heavy ground. Like we've seen, he was pulled up behind Chris's dream last year in virtually bottomless ground. Um, he was very much below par behind Imperial Aura on a seasonal reappearance um, on officially soft ground. But the argument can be made with, looking at the times, et cetera, that that may well have been heavy. Um, you know, he, he jumped fine in the most part. It looked like he just got tired. He was beaten seven and a half lengths. If you go back historically to Clan de Zobo, um, the first year he won the King George, he was beaten a similar margin, I believe. He was beaten around, I think he was beaten eight, eight or nine lengths by Bristol De Moy in the Betfair chase um, at, before winning the King George at 12 to one. He steadily improved on that form next year. He he came to Down Royal this time as he was beaten favourite behind Road to Respect. There was no shame in that beating four lengths, a little good bit below his best now. Um you know, but and then this year he's improved again. He was only beaten two lengths this time in a seasonal reappearance, so it's probably highlighting that the horse is in great shape. But when you take that type of preparation in relation to Real Steel, who's coming from the same yard. I wouldn't be worried too much about him getting beaten so far on a seasonal reappearance because coming from a yard, which obviously Paul Nichols absolutely excels with three mile chasers. It's his bread and butter. I, I would be expecting a career best. And I know he ran really well in the Gold Cup last year, but I'd still be expecting a career best from Real Steel. Um, and I think he's real each way value here. Uh, excuse the pun. As for San Calvados, I love this horse. I, I absolutely love him. Um, I really hooked onto him last year when he won a Cheltenham handicap. I think the same race Rouge Viff won actually, off top way. Um, you know he he then was poor behind Deffy Desai over two miles, suggesting he ran like he she shaped like he wanted further. Um, he ran over two and a half miles and was beaten the nose by Old Grangewood off a huge way, um, on New Year's Day, and then in my opinion he should have beaten Min. Um, in the Ryanair, I think if he jumps the second last, or was it the last? Um, he he made a fluff of it. I think you know, might be talking out of my pocket, but I, he was switched right. I think in the, oh, after the last fence, and I think if he, I think if he jumps the last two well, he wins the race. Um, it should be noted as well that Harry Whittington 
actually had San Calvados in the Gold Cup last year, um, suggesting that maybe in time, because he is only a seven-year-old, he was around, he was jumping fences as a four-year-old, I believe. You know, he, he should be able to get this trip um, at, at minimum. He got the two miles five well, and I think he'll get the three miles well. Now, whether he, they'll go train a, train a quarter for a Gold Cup is an absolute another conversation. I'm not saying he'll get that trip, but I think he'll get three miles. Um, and he jumps fantastically well. He goes well fresh. But the problem is that the Harry Whittington yard has actually essentially been shut down over the last three weeks or so. He's only had one runner in the last two weeks. Um, and it was noted when Rose Viff ran in the uh, Tingle Creek that the yard was seriously out of form. I think after that run, I don't think I think Rouge Viff was his last runner for a couple of weeks. So that should be noted going into this race here. And you know, San Cavados has had a I think he had an issue with his blood. So I think he had a, some sort of blood poisoning as well, which which delayed his comeback. Um, but Real Steel and San Calvados would be representing serious each way value here, in my opinion. It's really hard to split them. Um I'll probably back them both, to be brutally honest with you. Um and and sit back and watch it. it. It's a it's a fantastic race, though, Chris. And I'd be I'd be looking at Real Steel and San Calvados at, at very respectable each way prices. Yeah, San Calvados had a, as you were saying about the blood blood work. It was a, a leg infection that he had, mm. um, so that's why he missed the Betfair chase. Um, and as you say, the yard has been shut down, which is, is which is a puzzling thing in a sense because we don't really know why it's been shut down. Um, Really, how you know he's what he's won first time out for them every every single season, hasn't he? He has, yeah, yeah. He represent uh, good value, I would say, as does Real Steel. He, he lost. I'm right in thinking in the you know in that 1965 chase that Real Steel was in, he had to give weight away to them all, didn't he? That was his first run. For the- I, I believe so. He would have, yeah. Um, and look, that's you know that it is what it is. It, it was the correct starting point for him um, as well. You know, like he he was coming up against two very much up and coming chasers. And in my opinion, he ran fine. Um he would have absolutely hated that ground. Um and you know when I was leaving Cheltenham actually last year, I I I got real steel in San Carlos, believe it or not, quoted on the Betfair Exchange a- ASAP. So I do have a little bit of anti post interest in them. Um yeah. but I, I would be I especially if the ground does stay good to softer better. Um real steel, he's gonna go around here on skates. Um I think San Calvados is more of an assured jumper um, and obviously has that record fresh. But I, I do think they're both very much, um, I think they're both very much real good value here against some horses like, you know, Surname, Frodon, Lost in Translation, Santini waiting patiently. Like, in fairness, Santini is very inconsistent. It would be, it'd be mean to batter him. It's more the track. Uh, waiting patiently has been off for so long. Um, Lost in Translation, we just. He could he could win or he could tail off. He just wouldn't really be sure. Um, and then you know, Frodon, not up to at this level. Uh, surname I don't think will stay. So that is Real Steel and Saint Calvados for Andy. Um, Declan yourself. I'm going to do the tricast. The tricast. Yeah. That was yeah. a bold shout with that tricast. Remind us what it is again. Candace Zobo, Saint Calvados, and Real Steel. Excellent. And Stephen, you're all on Candace Zobo, aren't you? I am, yeah. I will be saving on... Wait, well, I've just saved as we're talking. I'm waiting patiently. Um, I just think it's interesting. One more little thing. Uh, surname's been really strong, hasn't he, the last few months? Um, it's been around a six to four mark for a while, but today they've really flip-flopped, haven't they? Um, surname's as big as five to two now. Yeah, he's um, really drifted out, hasn't he, in the market? Yeah. 
Actually, yeah. uh, lads, if you were Harry Cobden, what would you have done? Well, he's he's had the he's had the um, the option before, hasn't he? And Sam's obviously ridden Clandesorbo as well. I think yeah, he's kind of stuck to his guns right. and just gone with surname again. Did Sam ride Clan the first year? Didn't did he? Did he, he did, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's running the last. Maybe he's just sticking to the schedule that it's tried and tested and it works, I suppose. Oh wait, sorry. The first year, actually, no, he rode him last year. I don't know if he, he might have been Harry Cobden the first year, actually. Um, double check. Yeah, Harry Cobden rode him in twenty eighteen. Sorry. Hmm. He's obviously. Well, they, get, they do get around that, you know. They, you know. Yes, yeah, you. You know, they're not. They're good at the job. It doesn't mean they know much more. Like you know, I'm not saying we know more. <laughs> you, know, but, you know, Harry Cobden wasn't invited onto the podcast. <laughs> we certainly don't know more. I'll invite Harry on next time anyway. Seems like an opinionated guy, so let's get him on. Right, let's come over to your side of the Irish Sea now for the 105 at Leopardstown. It's the Knight Frank Juvenile Hurdle. Now, that sounds like a really strange name. Who is Knight Frank? What's all that about? Give us a clue, Andy. Do you know anything about this? Back to uh, Mrs. Frank's son. Oh, yeah, Knight Frank. I think. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It sounds like it could even be a brand for all I know. Yeah, like he's, he's no like more, yeah, no more famous than Mr. Whittle from last week anyway. Oh, oh Tommy. Yeah, he was a brilliant <laughs> Tommy. At least we've got the winner in that one. That's a good one. Well, anyway, at top of the market here, 49 odds on Zana here, who's been very impressive for Gordon Elliott. Uh, St. Sam was just died out like a light last time, didn't it? And this uh, interesting runner here for the Willie Mullins yard, the uh, Hador, um, very interesting. I mean, Andy, you want to start us off on this one? Yeah, sure. Um, with with Hador, he he looks like he's going to be the the token Willie Bullens juvenile hurdler that's going to um, spend his juvenile hurdling days in graded company. Um, and if he wins, happy days. And if he doesn't, he's a novice hurdler for next year. Um, we've seen him. We've seen him do this time and time again. Um, with with some nice horses. Um, the one that's the last one he's done it that comes to mind is Tiger Tap Tap. Um. I think he may have done it with a poem. Um, he he does it every year. He has a juvenile hurdler, and you know if they they win a race like this, brilliant. If not, they come back. Um, I think actually he has a really he has a very smart mare that's favoured for the mare's novice, not the one that won a Thurless. Um, a different one in the Rich Richie colours as well. She ran in the Triumph Hurdle, was down the pan, um, running in graded races, and and she's came out this year as a as a novice hurdler. So. Um, Hador will be trying, but I, I, he's definitely best watched here, and I, I wouldn't be going mad. It's seventeen to two, really. Uh, Saint Sam looks well held by the favourite Zana here. Um, I think Zana here will win this race. My issue with it's not even the horses; it's not fair on the horse. It's it's the reaction to his win at Fairy House. Um, look, we've talked off the podcast about this, Chris. I, I just juvenile hurdles just in my opinion, like I, I don't mind putting up a horse to watch. And like I did put Flying Scotsman up as a horse to watch um, coming up into the start of the season. But when it comes to juvenile hurdlers, this division doesn't get going until the turn of the year, every single year. Um, you know, it's usually around this time of year, you know, the, the finale hurdle and, you know, there's some good races here at Leopardstown where this division kind of starts getting into gear. And we have Zana here and, you know, pundits tipping them at single figure prizes for the Triumph Hurdle. Um, like, what, what are they smoking? Like, th- this division can just turn on its head in the blink of an eye. And as, an impre- as impressive as he was, 
you know, I I would I would go I go as far as saying that you know, I'd say maybe half the triumph hurdle fancies haven't even been seen yet over hurdles. Um, so look, if you want to back Santa here before the triumph hurdle because he's four to nine here and he's going to be shorter after it, go ahead. Um, you know, he could be like Deffy Desai for all we know, but he is probably going to win this. But for a race like the triumph hurdle, I'd just be hold your hold your horses. Um, is, is all I'd really say to that and it's it's nothing on the horse I, he was impressive at Fairy House but we just do not know what he's beaten there um, he's beaten some very very precocious hurdlers who are probably only handicappers at the end of the day most of them will probably go back to the flat um, you know their their hurdles are the equivalent to a summer holiday home you know they're just they're just here for a quick stint and then back to the flat but um, Zana here is a lovely lovely horse but I, I'd just be holding the, the R. Connor and, and Goshen comparisons for now yeah, I'd be uh, I'd be inclined to see how Bustleton goes for the uh, to put a Joseph O'Brien yard. Um, he's quite him out of France. That would be an interesting one. And obviously, a race nice to watch. Um, Declan, have you got an opinion on the race? Oh, these flat rats do nothing for me. Um, yeah, like Andy said, Zana here is very short. Um, he won well, and it, you can see Saint Sam reversing that form um, so he probably is the worthy favourite on, on the form we know of uh, but he's very very short like he's, I'm looking at 8 to 13 here uh, you know Willie's horse hasn't jumped a hurdle yet you know and Willie's don't be Willie's horses are not well skilled so this fella could come down to the first hurdle wonder what the fuck is this like you know you, you won't know what to be doing and um, you, you couldn't be backing him. Seven to one is short. The horse we know very, very little about. Um, Bustledon, a hurdle winner in France. Look, it's it's not. It's, it's the race. I struggle to watch these races. Never mind have a, a bet in them. Um, if, if you wanted to try to take on the favourite, maybe Autumn Evening or, or Jeff Kidder. Do you think Jeff Kidder could, could outrun his odds? Um, he was he was quite big. He was thirty three to one with Paddy Power earlier, but I'm just saying eighteen to one now. Um, I I don't have I don't have a massive opinion. I I if you were forcing me to to pick one, um, it'd be one of those two. Maybe maybe those me bets out and maybe in our our Jeff Kidder against the favourite. Thanks, Steve. Uh, thanks, Declan. Stephen, what about yourself? Uh, I've got little, very little opinion at all, Chris. If anything, but um. I sort of only want to back up what Andy said, really. Like, you get, you get horses that they're so impressive earlier in the year, and they're sort of priced up to Cheltenham accordingly. And we probably haven't even seen a triumph horse to uh, Cheltenham yet, you know. Uh, but you get a lot of these flat recruits, they they sort of they come from the flat, they, they start running on really nice ground October, November, then the ground starts going into proper jumping ground, and they can lose their form, and then they can sort of come back. But because just Cheltenham can notoriously be quite nice, you know. But, um, well, first thing I look at the race, you, you sort of look at the yards, aren't you? The first thing you see is Richie Colours and an unbeaten French recruit. But it's just purely a watching break for me, Chris. I would be, I'd be completely blagging if I was to pick something out in this. Well, let's let's put that down to a watching brief, unless Declan wants to put up any some each way there. Yeah, look, because you know that that's what we do on the podcast. You know, autumn evening and, and Jeff Kidder. Um, too small each way, but 
Yeah, sixteen to one, thirty-three to one. I can see here with Betfair. Um, so that that eighteen to one that you saw before is still available for Betfair. That thirty-three to one, if you fancy that. Um, interesting. Right. Let's move on, guys. Our next race that we're going to talk about is the race in Post Novices Chase two fifteen, and Leopard's down on the twenty sixth. Um, very interesting race, and uh, well, Andy, you highlighted this before. It was quite uh, amusing actually because the show jumping superstar returns as Darva Stars tries to jump a fence higher than the moon this time. Um, Declan, you were all the rage about how high he gets over his fence. It's a shame this isn't that the jumping game isn't equestrian, isn't it? Yeah, snowball, we were calling them. Snowball, yeah, comes down with the snow. Yeah, yeah look, he's, he's he, if, he, if it's not sorted out, he needs to run in the champion hurdle, doesn't he? Because he's, yeah, you know, he yeah. ran a cracker in it last year on, on fences, the first two races. I can't believe people raved about his debut. I thought it was awful. It was awful, you know. I don't know what that says for the horses in behind him. But he, I, I can't remember. Now, you're probably telling me a couple of them have won since, but, like, he was big and slow, you know. And, and, and these two milers, it doesn't matter how you get over. You don't have to be a great jumper. You just have to land running. And, and he was just losing way too much time in the air, and I can't have him. I can't have him at all. Um, Felix Deji... Is, is 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 quite short for me because I I think Black Ball was a, is he's a serious racehorse. He's he's always been well thought of, and he's an absolutely beautiful looking horse. And he excellent debut over fences, jumped really well. Like he looks the real deal over fences for me. And he's I th- I think he's I'm I'm saying seven to one, but I I don't know whether my yeah. Uh, yeah, he's shortened, he's shortened yeah. now, Dick. He's 7-2. They've seen a lot of money today. Yeah, it's got a lot of money coming. Yeah, it's just like I flicked over a website there and it's shown 7-1. So, that, that gave me a bit of a, a surprise there. But now I, I, I seen there was money coming for him. Yeah, yeah. I, I did, this is a very good race. It's a very good race. Um, they all have a chance. But I think Black Bohos is a serious, serious chaser. And um, was really, really impressed by his debut. You know, good-looking horse, good jumper. Um, you know, and I think you just put a line through Darver Star, and he's probably giving you an, an extra bit of value just being in there. Um, Felix Deji may, may, may be tough to beat. He was a good novice hurdler, and he's the form of his win the last day. Like Sizen Potsy has come out and and won a handicap. You know, he he is a good horse, but I I just don't think he will be. As good as Black Bow, he's probably on what we know. He's probably the worthy favourite, if a little bit short. But I just don't think he he'll end up as as good as Black Bow. I think there's there's so much more improvement than Black Bow, whereas there mightn't be as much in in Felix Deji. Yeah. And yeah, look, I, I I black I backed Black Bow earlier, um, and you might be losing a, a bit of that value now, but. I do think he wins this race. Look, looking at the others, um, and Bittert was behind um, Andy Dufresne and Easy Walk. But he still has, you know, that's good form. They're good horses. Um, he has, he has, I think he has plenty to find out still. Um, Frank of the Park beat What Not to Know. 
he's a horse I, I, I like and I've been following. And he was an okay hurdler. And then Ben Ben Reuben is, is probably quite exposed for um compared to the rest of them in this race. I just think I couldn't believe that the price black bow was this morning and um I, I think he wins this. I think he's the he's the best it is, Novice Joseph's. We certainly missed that seven to one. Now we should have recorded this yesterday, shouldn't we? Um, I actually think Blackpool's a very good bet myself. Um, I thought that he was a very impressive last time, and you know there might not be much have come out behind it, but he did beat some good, come good horse in that race. And Tukas is no slouch. Um, I, I thought actually thinking about this race, Andy, just before I come to you, the race at Punchestown, the, uh, the novice chase that Felix Deshi won. I thought it was a bit of a, a bit of a farce of a race actually because. It seemed like Felix Deshi took up the run-in and then Pickens Rock took up the run-in and then it seemed to fade and then Darvis Star was fading. Sizing Potsy went on and then Felix Deshi kind of just like took off off of the last, over the last, even though he was off the bridle. But it was a bit of a mess. What do you think about that race, Andy? Yeah, I, I was... At the time, Chris, I agreed. I I, I couldn't slate the form enough, if, if you remember. Um, and look, I'm... I'm just gonna go ahead and say that I, I think I was I got this very very badly wrong. Um, if you want to take it literally at face value, as as messy as a race it was, sizing Potsy was giving Felix Deji three pounds. He had a wealth of experience over Felix Deji. He got first run on the horse, and Felix Deji was still able to catch him and run him down. And maybe the the three pounds penalty did play a part in the winning distance because I think it was one and a half lengths but it was still a very 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 when, when I look at it now um, around Christmas time it was really really impressive that Felix Deji managed to win and beat such an experienced chaser on only his second start what is very interesting here and I was like Declan initially I saw the entries and I saw Blackbow and, and my eyes kind of lit up because you know I I, I Holden Tukas in quite high regard and Blackbow beat him um beat him in a beginner's chase company um last time out. Beat him relatively easily as well. He, he beat him um he beat him four and a quarter lengths. Um and there, there was absolutely no excuses for Antukas either. Um he had he had the fitness edge, he had the experience edge over fences and, and Blackbow just brushed him aside. Um but when you look at Antukas's next start um, which is what I want to get at here. He was carrying 10 stone six in a handicap against sizing Potsy. Um, now, what ended up happening was sizing Potsy mullered him. Um, now, he, it was an easy enough, well, actually, it was a very easy six length win. Sizing Potsy was carrying 11 stone three, hammered Antukas, beat him six lengths, who Antukas was carrying 10 stone six. So you're looking at a pretty big weight concession there. If you want to take that literally at face value, if Felix Deji was able to beat Sizing Potsy, albeit in a relatively messy race, and Sizing Potsy was able to hammer in two because giving him all of that weight, and Black Bow beats him four lengths, like, as I said, if you take that form literally at face value, Felix Deji is well clear here. Um, he, he could, you could make the argument he should be odds on. Um, and that's just diving into the form a little bit deeper because, as I said, initially I was with Blackbow. Um, and now I just take a look and I, I don't think Felix Deji's going to get beat here, to be brutally honest. 
I think Black Bow and Felix Deji will have it between them from a very early stage. They're the two pace angles in the race. Um, I'm surprised Darver Stars running here. I thought they would either go back to hurdles or go up and trip. Um, I thought they might have gone to Limerick. Um, although, albeit this does look the easier option. I'd be fascinated to see what Embitter does. Um, he's another horse I hold in very high regard. I thought he'd beat Andy Dufresne last time. Um, now he didn't. He was he was brushed aside kind of in the end. Um, and I'm not sure if he's just going to be a high-graded handicapper or maybe just needs a little bit more time. Uh, Franco Deport beat front view last time out and that form's been well boosted at Thurless. He comes back to two miles. He might want to brush up a little bit on his jumping if I want to be a little bit harsh, but I'm, I'm going to be harsh here because it is a great one after all and, and your jumping will have to be absolutely on point. Um, and then all respect to Ben Rubin, he's just here trying to get prize money. Um, but with that said, I, I think um, with that strict line through Antucas, and I know I'm using sizing Potsy as well, it's, it's a little bit far-fetched, I will admit, but I think Felix Deji is going to be very, very, very hard to be here. And I do kind of say that, you know, it, it's bittersweet because I, I, I couldn't wait to knock the form when it eventually happened. But on, on further inspection, I think Felix Deji is well clear at this point in time. Yeah, I, I hate labeling horses that can go, that we say can go better left-handed and right-handed. But I think the case can be made that for Felix Deji, I think, I know, I know he's won right-handed last time. He jumps very left. Do you not feel at most of his, his fences? And he did with his hurdles too. I think Leopardstown should suit a lot more. Do you agree with that, Andy? Um, again, there's an experience to count for there. If you want it, like he did win a grade one That's at Aintree. in the chase before, hasn't it? Mm, yeah, he did win a grade one at Aintree. He fell in the Galway hurdle. Um, oh, so, sorry, yes. Yeah. Um, look, I, I, I think that's still open to debate. But as of right now, I'd be I'd be with Felix Deji. I think he's just going to win this. Whether he's the best horse at the end of the season is another question. But the the figure he ran to last time out is is really really high, um, as a result of sizing Potsy's collateral form. Stephen, what about yourself for this race? Uh, I'm sort of I'm sort of deck really on the the black boat thing. I thought it was quite good value earlier in the week, and he's just uh, made a good point about Felix Deji. Um, Another thing about his punches town, when he jumped, he jumped quite left in there a few times. So probably going to improve for going around Leopardstown as well. So I'm, I'm not too sure. I'm, I'm thinking that they might, the prices might sort of even up a bit more. I know Andy thinks he could, Felix should, probably should be odds on, but I'm thinking you can still get 72, 130 black bum. I think he'll probably shorten up as well with the, the Willie fan factor coming into play. Um, He's obviously Black Bow beat Antuka's. Obviously, I think Antuka's running that first race, in it, which we thought was a hot race at the time. Was it uh, unaccepted, was it? Um, yeah. Yeah, so obviously Antuka's has been placed again twice since. And he just made a good point that he, could, he might just turn out to be one of them very, very good handicappers that's, that's just short of the top level. But I'm, I'm really keen on Black Bow. Um, embittered. He's been unlucky. He's, he's bumped into a couple... I, th I think Andy Dufresne sort of struggled a bit to beat him. I'm a big fan of Andy Dufresne, but there was nothing between them. I think he sort of, uh, I think he hit one on the last or the second last a little bit, or he landed a bit awkwardly, probably cost him the race. But I'm keen on Black Bow, Chris, if anything. Darva Star, um, what's yeah. this about for badminton, isn't it? Declan's probably thinking. But, um, <laughs> right, so one horse for you, Stay. Who are you going for? I'm with Black Bow, Chris. Black Bow. Declan, you echo that sentiment? 
Yeah, look, I, I just want to say, I, I did look at that line of form that Andy has spoken about, but I, I, I discarded it then because I think black ball won, won comfortably enough. And, you know, it, it's not always that black and white. If it was that black and white, we'd all be millionaires. And it, it's definitely there to be read and to be looked at. But I, I just, this, this game isn't that simple. And, I, I just think black ball is going to improve. Um, and, yeah, it's black ball for me. Yeah, I'm a big black ball fan myself. So that's three of us taking on Andy's Felix Deshi, yes, Andy? Yeah, screw you all. Um, <laughs> I'd be confident with Felix Deshi, to be brutally honest. Like, I, I do respect what Declan's saying, but I, I think this could be, you're looking at probably 12 to 14 pounds improvement at the bare minimum. Um, so, you know, it, it was kind of, like I, I do think that Black Bow will be the best horse at the end of the season, um. But I, I think Felix Deji just will, will probably win this if, if he gets around. Right. Thanks very much for that, guys. Right. We are. That's finished. We are finished now for Leopardstown. We're going to move over to Limerick now on Boxing Day, which is the two thirty-five. We're going to look at is the fourteen novices chase, a Grade One, over two miles and near four furlongs. Um. Short price favourite here. Not short, short, but, you know, he's even money. It's Asterion for Lange. Uh, we've got Pencil for the Lead in here. We've got, we've got, well, we've got a trio of Mullins horses, haven't we? Asterion for Lange called Ribi Janadil. And Assemble is the outsider of this. I mean, a sixth-length winner over Conflated last time, Asterion for Lange, but it was far from playing stealing. There was errors, you know, a, a major, not majority, but quite a few of the fences. Whereas Pencil for the Lead was very impressive when winning that Florida Pearl. Janadil Colrevia, both types that could be anything. Um, are you Andy, you told me that you were going to be taking on Asteria Falange, is that right? Yeah, I, I can't wait to take him on, to be honest, Chris. I think this could be the lay of Christmas, really, especially at around even money. Um, I think he's four very, very capable opponents. His jumping kind of left a bit to be desired, albeit it was his first chase, it was his first, it was his chase debut. Um and he did win relatively easily in the end, but you know these are like, you know, assemble. He he's no mug. Yanadil is, I think, is probably the most underappreciated, underrated horse in training at the minute. Um, pencil full of lead made a mockery of of a very, very, very talented horse in latest exhibition last I know. And then Col Reeve gets the sex allowance and as many people's pick to to win the mare's chase at the Cheltenham Festival. Now, it's not necessarily the, the potential flaws with the Sterian for Longer's jumping that would really get me here. But it, looking at his form, he's he's clearly a top-of-the-ground horse. And Declan will echo these sentiments when it says heavy at Limerick and it's around Christmas time. Holy Jesus, get get your snorkel. Uh, get Like, just, it is horrendous. They finish, like... They finished punch drunk. And um, we seen it with Faheen and Sam Crow last year. If you do not handle heavy ground or you're untried on heavy ground, th- this this particular test at Christmas time is it it's unique in my opinion. It's probably the closest to Haydock we get over here, actually. You know, Haydock in the summertime. It's probably like Haydock in the summertime, uh, Limerick in, in winter. It's it's so testing. Um <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, look, Yanadil, I love this horse. Um, he was so progressive last year, um, winning three times. 
um, all over two miles, and then Willie Mullins has the audacity to step him up to three miles. Maybe he didn't stay. Um, he, he's, you know, he's only a six-year-old. He was beaten 11 and a half lengths in the end, fifth in the Albert Bartlett, but we seen, we're seeing how the Albert Bartlett's working out now. It, you know, that was a really, really good effort. Stepping up, he stepped a mile up in trip. You know, there's definitely a lot of improvement there. We don't know what his best trip is. Um, you know, he, he could be, he could be a two, like he could even still be a two miler. Um, he could be a three miler. He he won last time out on, the, on his chase debut over two miles three, beating Longhouse Poet, January Jets, who, who ran very well behind Envoy Allen, Espinito Bayo, who absolutely bolted up last week um, at Nace. Um, Cedarwood Road was in there. Mr. Hendricks is no slouch. Like he beat a really good field. Um, the handicapper's taken that form very, very seriously. Um, Espinito Bayo now has a mark of 145. Um, although something tells me he may not have ran that that day um, somehow. But um, look, I think Yanadil, he may may or may not handle the ground. Pencil full of lead will certainly handle the ground. He's the most likely to handle the ground. And, you know, I don't know where, if, if you want to take your chance on Yanadil, but he's definitely overpriced at 11 to 2, in my opinion. Um, and, and Pencil full of lead around 7 to 2. Colreavy. I'd want to see her a bit more. She won a decent beginner's chase, beating, I think, the likes of the big dog, um, who, who's definitely a nice horse. Um, but Pencil Full of Lead and Yanadil are definitely enough to make me want to take on Asterian for Lange, lay him, I, I'd lay him with, with this field. I don't know which one I'd back out of those two, probably leaning very slightly towards Yanadil. Um, but, you know, I, I couldn't put you off either of them. Declan, are you a layer of Asterian for Lange? I see... Oh. I'm following Asterian for Lange since before he was born, I think. I actually backed Asterian for Lange to anti-post to win the, the Supreme Novice in 2019. He's never even ran. I, I'd heard about him. Um, and I, I just think this horse, he must have a massive engine. He, he must have ran three miles in the Supreme in March. He took out half the field. He was knocking horses over, bouncing off them. He still finished fourth. And last week, we, we touched on, you know, the, the form of, of the Supreme. And Alert was 50, came out and done the business. And we were saying, that's probably the pivot point to where it gets poor. I do think, you know, the first five look, look decent. Um, they look certainly above average anyway from the, the Supreme novice. I'm a big, big fan of Assyrian Furlange. I think going right-handed, he could be almost unbeatable. Um, he's definitely going to need to smarten up, but I think he will. I think he's got a massive engine. He reminds me a little bit of our Viga Legionnaire. Um, and, and, you know, I would have loved to see him and Sprinter Sacra have, have a go right-handed. Um, they never did. He hated going left, Leopardstown. He fell at Leopardstown in a, a three-horse race. He, he won... The, the race we've already discussed. Um, he clattered the second last fence. I think he left a hole in it and he still won, but he hated going left. I think he was pulled up with an ankle. Um, he may have ran in the Queen Mother as well and been pulled up. Asterian Falange reminds me of him a lot. And look, this, this is a very good race. Any of these could win the race, but I, I do, I, I sort of. With me heart, I, I'm going for Asterium for Lange 
couldn't I couldn't talk out of backing any of them. Um Paul Reeve was, was was really good the last day. You know, I Andy said uh, she beat the big dog, but you know, Jack Hackett, if he'd have stayed up he might have won the race. But <laughs> no look I, I think um, on, Jack. <laughs> oh look, I, I'm a fan of, of the big dog also, so I, I did have a look at that earlier tonight. And yeah, she she's she looks a big improvement for fences. That was a really good performance. Pencil full of lead put latest exhibition exhibition to, to bed really easily. And I think we were all a little bit surprised because we had spoken about latest exhibitions, torn a four off the bend. Um, the, on his, his chase debut and we were sort of blown away by it saying well what, well, what could this fella do but he's beaten really well he he beat Cocoa Beach in his beginner's chase and his form is solid um, Janadale has been covered really well by Andy um, he's won a good beginner's chase and Assemble um, has been behind Envalen Again, won a good beginner chase. This is this is a really really hot race. Um, I, I, you know, I feel like I'm just going for favourites all night. But I am a massive fan of Asterian for long. I'm not a Willie Mullins fan girl, but I have been following this horse a long long time. And I look, I'd I'd love to see him come out and, and win this race. Uh, and he's right about Limerick. It is the first day though, and. It does get heavy. Uh, I, I don't know what it's going to be like on Saturday, but it can get very, very heavy. But I think we, we spoke privately. They were actually racing recently on, you know, they were having hurdle lonely cards and they were racing inside the track. So the, there should be a lot of fresh ground there. Uh, they, it's a big wide track. It is in a bowl. So, you know, the water goes down. It, it, it does get heavy. Yeah. But they, they have a lot of fresh ground there. It's a really wide track. I've, I've never actually been. It's a track I would like to go to. But they do a good job there. And they have a difficult time at the festival, the Christmas festival. But it always goes ahead. I know sometimes it can it can look dire. And it can be almost unraceable. But it is the first day. It might not be too bad. But I'd love Asteria and Fellange to come out here and, and blitz this and I hope he never runs left-handed again. <laughs> Willie, has, Willie has come out and said that going right-handed around Limerick in heavy ground looks like that is what Asterian for longs will suit him best. That are his words in the racing post. So, you know, if, if you're willing to take those as he, as it come, you know, he, he's there with a favourite chance. Um, just, just before you move on from you, Declan, that pencil full of lead race last time, did you think that the Gordon Elliott team were a little bit surprised um, with the results in that? Do you think that they were surprised that he's come up and won against no, Latest Exhibition? Yeah, maybe they were, but that's because Latest Exhibition has looked so good. Um, look, they're all entitled to improve for the different disciplines. and Yeah, maybe they weren't expecting that. It was really, really impressive. I don't know if Latest Exhibition ran below form like he was second. If we ran below form, we didn't run too far below form. I totally think it was a good performance. I think it's a really good horse. Uh, I was just, I think Asterian for large is a bit of a machine, right-handed. Thanks very much, that deck. Stephen, let's add your, t- uh, your two penneth work from the Englishman into this one. 
Yeah, no, I think the boys have covered it great, really. It's not much for me to add, really. I, we all thought Asterian and Columns would be an absolute machine. Once he goes right-handed, he's a maniac, isn't he, around Cheltenham? But um, going right-handed, he's, he's very similar to surname, isn't he? He sort of goes off like an headless chicken and he can keep up an unbelievable sort of gallop. Uh, you just touched on pencil for the lead. What did, did Lake's exhibition underperform? Who knows? It's guesswork, isn't it? Like we was all quite keen on seeing him sort of bolt up in that race. He sort of looked like he was going to do so, probably coming to two or three out. But the winner won well. Whether there was anything wrong, I'm not too sure. But um, Andy touched on uh, Janadil. He sort of travelled like a really good all Sydney in the three miler last year. Trip-wise, this should probably be right up his street uh, on Saturday. Whether he's whether he's good enough, I'm not too sure. Well, I was actually really, really impressed with Cole Reavy on debut, uh, Chris. Uh, yeah, I agree, Stephen. Looked like an absolute natural for fences. Uh, obviously, we don't know what would have happened if the legend uh, Jack Hackett had stood up, but um, <laughs> do much more than what he did. You know, bolted up by 16 lengths. Uh, I think, I think it could be it could be a good animal. So it's a, it's a race to watch for me. Like obviously, a steering colander and even money mark. Wouldn't really entice me in for an obvious chase, but um, I probably have I probably have a small bet on Cole Reavy, Chris. Yeah, I'll join you. I'll join you on that with Cole Reavy getting the nose along from that. Going for a for yourself. Yeah, look to 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 do what he done in the Supreme after knocking into everything like a bowling ball. Um, yeah, I just think he must have a massive engine and he he could probably run through fences here and. And when it, I think he's, I think he's a really good horse. Yeah, a steering for that for me. And Andy, summarise yours. Yeah, just really quick, Chris, if you don't mind me asking, Declan. Um, what do you think? Like, I know Willie Mullins send the racing post up heavy ground. I'll be a steering for Longest Street, but the way he travelled at Leopardstown in the Dublin Racing Festival to beat Easy Work so easily, who was well back before the off. Do you think this heavy ground? could see Asterian for Lange improve or do you think it might bring him back to the field a little bit? I, I don't know. I did think last year that he might enjoy heavier ground, you know, and it was it was sticky, wasn't it, at the festival and he, he ran a good race. I don't know if it was if it was fast ground, I think he might be in a little bit more trouble. I think he'll go through this stuff. No, that's fair enough. I, I personally think he'd be better top of the ground solely because that effort at Leopardstown to hammer easy work was just, that blew me away. And that made me back him for the Supreme. And this is just the polar opposite. This is borderline swimming territory. <laughs> um, you know, I know it's the first day and all, but Limerick just gets so, so tough. Um, and they've had their fair share of rain down there. Um, especially yesterday and today um, Pencil full of lead Was an easy winner against latest exhibition Of course um, Who may not have enjoyed the ground as much as Pencil full of lead But I can't let that be an excuse for latest exhibition But I'm I'm almost certain that Janadil is Every bit as good as anything in this field here um, And I don't think he's anywhere near done improving um, So I'd be with Janadil here Janadil so we were talking about that heavy ground, weren't we? Were um, remember what was that flat horse you were talking about? The French horse Sotsas, 
Was it Sotsas yeah, when you were talking about wanted her on the top of the ground and then she absolutely hammered home at long shomping. I, I don't give a rat. I don't give a rat what that horse did at long shomp. I will go to my grave sad that we never saw him in a breeder's cup. Yeah, oh no, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. Right, that summarises Limerick. We're coming back over to the shores of England now and we're coming over to Weatherby. Whether be probably a race that Declan's really enjoying to listen at here. It's the Roland Merrick. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know who Roland Merrick is before you even asked me that. Yeah. <laughs> no idea who Roland Merrick is. He sounds like a nice guy. Sounds like somebody you'd want to take down the park. Uh, not somebody you'd want to put near your, near your your wife anyway. Sounds like sounds like a wife. gentleman. Yeah, he sounds come, like come to me last, and I'll give you the rundown of who he was. Oh, okay then. Well, I will do. You're looking <laughs> up then as we go. Right, so Stephen, kick us up off, off on this one because it's uh, it's very competitive, isn't it? Oh, God. Chris, can I pass to you? You want to pass to me? Right, yeah, you've, well. got on, you've got an opinion on this, right? So well, I, I do have an opinion on it, but I'm, 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 the opinion is I don't know whether the rate the horse is going to go to this race. I mean, I'll give you one against the field here. I think Bobe is very vulnerable here. I think it'll pan out a totally different race than when at Aintree. And off a career high mark, it, it looks, you know, easy enough for me to take me on, take him on. Um, Snow Leopard S had a very tough race, race at Haydock, and I wouldn't feel he's, you know, he's got enough improvement. She's got enough improvement in her to to, to take this, um, despite that low weight. The one that I, I sided with in this because I, I think the three mile has been crying out for this is is Canelo for the Alan King Yard. Um, been crying out for this three miles. I, I, he's favourite for this. Um, staying on off a near top weight last time in that Peter O'Sullivan Newbury. He was the only one that came from the rear and, and really stayed on. Weatherby is a track that's known for horses coming from off the pace and is a slight up, uphill finish. I think this could play into his hands. And I do hope they run him here rather than Kempton because I do think that this race looks for the taking. Um, I think he's got a good turn of foot. Um, I think we've not seen the best of him yet. Um, and going over this three-mile trip, I think that's going to bring out about a bit more of improvement. I mean, and you were talking before, Stephen, about Windsor Avenue. There was a lot of money for him seen last time, and then he was pulled up. Um, not sure what the ins and outs of that was. The Dutchman, you know, could improve again, but that was a vet. He was legless at Haydock when he was narrowly pipped on the line. So that's going to have surely taken a lot out of him. Bobes drifted in the market so much since I last spoke about it, since I... Not since I spoke about him, but for when I was writing the no, he drifted way out. Um, I wouldn't be taking Bobet at all. Um, Guitar Pete, while he's admirable, he's been around forever, has not got a chance in this. Um, Canelo, hopefully he runs here. Declan, come on, Roland Merrick, have a look. What do you, what do you think about that? Well, I'm, I'm the opposite to you, Chris. I think that Canelo has serious doubts over the trip. Like the only chase run over. Three miles, he was last, and uh, I'm not sure he's crying out for this. But I do think, I do think Spirit of the Games is looking for this trip, um, and and I think he'll enjoy this. Um, look, no win since October 2018, but he's been hitting the bar. Maybe this step up and trip is is going to get him over the line in front. Looking at some of the others, uh, Snow, Snow Leopardess. No, I, I think that there's, there's a good bit of money for Snow Leopardess. She's probably gone favourite now, is she? Yeah, she's four to one now. She was very well touted, Snow Leopardess, in her early, in her earlier days. Yeah. Uh, 
just didn't really happen for her. And then she had a long time off and has started to came back. But that was an absolute attrition last time at Haydock. Yeah, and she has had the Tommy Whittle winner behind her. <laughs> you know, so right. that, that's, <laughs> I think that's worth mentioning. Um, Windsor Avenue was, has been behind Imperial Aura, um, second to Imperial Aura in that race at Carlisle. But then was pulled up the next day, so now it's hard to know. Um, I, Springtown, like, yeah, I get what you're saying about Bob A. I think Bob A was, was brought back to life by um, the national fences the last day, so we might come back looking at, you know, these playing fences and not really fancy it. Um, Springtown Lake didn't enjoy the Grand National fences the last day. But uh, yeah, look, I think Spirit of the Games is looking for this step up and trip, and I think this could be. Uh, I think he could break his stuff here, and I think I think he could be the winner. Excellent. Let's go back to stay. What do you think now, Stephen? Well, no, that was what I was asking you, Chris. You're sort of in your element in these races, and you love them. But um, just love a good handicap. That's what it is. Yeah, but um, this Windsor Avenue, I sort of kept looking at him on and off today's. He's got form with Sam Spinner. Someone just uh, alluded to Imperial Warrior. He's beaten Ballymoy, so he's still only like an eight-year-old. I obviously think he's he's something he hasn't really shown on the like his real level of form that they probably expects. But at ten to one, I'm sort of I'm sort of looking at him. I'm not I'm not too keen on anything in the race, if I'm honest. Um, you've completely said guitar piece got no hope. I'm I'm not sure I agree. He's a Paddy Power winner, isn't he? Um, he needs it really soft, doesn't he? Um, Softer the better for him. It's, it's currently soft. It's three mile, a little bit of a stretch. I'm not too sure. Probably slightly, probably two mile, five, six, he probably is up to me. But um, I'm sort of in the winds of. I'm going for an all sorts pulled up last time. I sort of asked the question earlier, didn't there's anything come to light? But his form sort of littered with them runs, but he's got good, he's just got good form in between. I'm just wondering whether. I mean, the quick could, turnaround of 14 days. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Did he hit one and he just decided the game's yeah. up? Well, he might have thought something was amiss. I'm not too sure, but I'm sort of going to I'm gonna sort of stick him up, Chris, as my selection, but yeah. not with any real confidence. Windsor Avenue for Stephen. Uh, Spirit of the Games for Declan Canelo for myself. And then we're going to move over to Andrew, who's going to tell us who Roland Merrick is. Go on, Andrew. I have a wealth of information in front of me. The, the internet is wonderful. Um, look, I'm not sure if Roland Merrick... Now, there's two Roland Merricks came up online. The first one was um, some dude who was appointed to clerk of the course at Weatherby in 1920. Can't be helped. No, I, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. Um, now, he did purchase the lease of the race course um, and, and I think saved it from its extinction. But I think it was this one. Um, Wait, here it is. It was, uh, yeah, no, this, is, this is decent now. Um, he was the Welsh Bishop of Bangor between 1505 and 1566 and I, yeah. I can't help but think that's what they've gone for that, here that's got to be uh, him yeah and now he was the second son of Merrick Lilwyn Ab Halen by Margaret daughter of Roland Ab Howell who very famous people in, in British history I'm oh, sure Mary um, yeah yeah <laughs> now unfortunately he did die on the 24th of January 1566 and was buried at Bangor but his monument has since disappeared unfortunately it's disappeared, disappeared. it's disappeared to Weatherby Racecourse. It's disappeared to Weatherby Racecourse. That's what I was getting to here. So that's why I think the race is run um, for the 
former Bishop of Bangor in the 16th century. <laughs> um, but here, um, the race was also dominated by a horse called Abandoned Due to Frost, who won it four times in the 1960s. Um, anyway, <laughs> we're going to get, uh, we're going to get stuck in here. Yes, um, go. <laughs> to the, to the, this particular race. And I, I would have had a really, really confident selection here, Chris. Um, unfortunately, though, he 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 hasn't he isn't running. <laughs> so it it was Ardleton, um, who fell at the first last week at Ascot. I like Dan Skelton always targets this race, and I just thought after his run in the Ladbrokes Trophy, it was screaming the Roland Merrick handicap chase. So you're not um, moving over to Spirit of the Games then? I, that's what I was about to get to. Yeah, ah, so he's running Spirit of the Games instead. Who's been very very well backed. I I think Dan Skelton may have fancied Roland Merrick back in the day. He targets a horse at this race every single year, um, unless abandoned due to frost turns up because he's always a certainty. Um, but <laughs> he loves look, he does. He loves Weatherby. Um, so yeah, we Snow Leopardess down the bottom though. Um, it would be worth keeping an eye on Shan Blue's result in the Feltham for the Cotto Star. She ran very respectably behind him. She gave him a race until maybe the second last. She was beaten 16 lengths in the end, but she was really the only one that could go with Chamblou into the home straight for, well, half of the home straight, really. But, you know, there's no Chamblou in here, and she is carrying bottom weight. Um, and I can absolutely see why the money has came for her. And she's won last time out. She's most likely on the up as well. Um, she's really at the peak of her powers now, eight rising nine. Um, so... It'd be Spirit of the Games or Snow Leopardess for me, Chris. Um, I might be a little bit influenced on Shan Blue's results, but just because of how Dan Skelton just, he absolutely loves Merrick. So I, I'd be with Spirit of the Games here. Yeah, Dan Skelton just loves Weatherby. He's, he's, I think he's been champion trainer there at least three or four times in the last five years. He just really sends his horses and they, they, they tend to do well at Weatherby. Um, so let's summarise that race. So it's Canelo for myself. Uh, for yourself, Andrew, Spirit of the Games and Snow um, Leopardess? Yeah, no, just be Spirit of the Games, unless abandoned due to Frost. <laughs> oh, yeah, got to keep an eye out for them. Um, Declan, yourself? Yeah, Spirit of the Games. I didn't actually know that about Dan Skelton having the, the portrait of Roland Merrick above the bed and, and liking Weatherby so much, so I'm more confident now. <laughs> and Stephen, yourself? Uh, yeah, I think Windsor Avenue, and I wouldn't put anyone back in... Put anyone up back in guitar, Peter, 12, 14 to 1. Superb. Right, that brings us to the end of our first podcast for the Christmas period. We've covered all the races on the 26th of December Boxing Day. Uh, well, not all of them, anyway. We've covered majority of the races on that, of the card on the 26th. Um, thanks very much, guys. That's, that was brilliant. Um, and we'll see you all on the next podcast. Thanks very much. See you later, boys. Cheers, Take care. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. Head on over to our handle at USO Podcast and click the notification bell to never miss an episode.